Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. In today's word, we find uh, that we find it actually talking about David. And of course, last week, if you were here, we touched on David a little bit and talked about you know, David, but we're going to transition a little bit further and we're going to look at, you know, David again. Um, but the, today's sermon is called The Takeaways. And we're going to be looking at this sermon series. What are we taking away? Oh, I almost forgot the decree. Thank you. Uh, the decree that we're doing for the word uh, is, and this make, make it personal for yourself, I decree that my heart my ears, heart, and spirit are open to receive the engrafted word of God, which is quick, alive, and powerful in the spirit of meekness. The ground of my life is fertile to nurture and grow the seed of God's word that will produce fruit in my life this week. I am a successful doer of what I will hear today, and I will leave here today full of faith, love, power, wisdom, and victory. So, with this word, I know I'm going to be better. Amen? So, amen. The takeaways. What are the takeaways from this sermon series? And even if we, as we're transitioning from this sermon series into the next, coming up next week, what are we taking away? Not only are we, what are we taking away from this sermon series, but I want you to look at, you know, as we are still transitioning through this pandemic, as we're still transitioning through social unrest, as we're tr still transitioning through all the things that's coming up in our lives right now, what are the takeaways? What are we taking away from this moment? This moment is, you know, it's unprecedented. Well, not necessarily. It's, there's been moments like this before, and we're gonna see here um, how someone, David, kind of goes through a transition and, uh, and changes himself as he, can, as he, you know, pulls away from, from society and how do and how how he allows that moment to make him into the person he is so first and foremost let's look at first samuel 22 and we're going to read one and two and it says david therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of adam and when his brethren and all his father's house heard it they went down thither to him and everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And so we're kind of looking at this story of David. This is of course, as David goes to the cave of Adullam, what a lot of things have transpired in this transition as he's being, he's basically fleeing for his life and fleeing and bringing himself out of, out of social uh, constructs to become, you know, to be by himself, to pull away from society. And even as what, what we're doing, of course, you know, through, you know, this pandemic and things that have, you know, happened in the last two weeks or last two months, excuse me, or three months, we are, we are pulling ourselves aside. So even in that time of us being pulled out of society, and even as we are pulled out of, you know, being social, social distancing and things of that sort, what are we doing with that time? Or what are we doing with, with how, what, what is happening in that time for us as believers? We see, you know, how David 
ultimately how, you know, what we're going to go through today, we're going to see how David basically responds to being out of society and how his, you know, as, as being a, as a king, how he's transitioning to becoming a king. So let's look at David's backstory. First and foremost, in the beginning, before, you know, the beginning of, of David, uh, he was uh, anointed to be king at 13 years old. He was called to, you know, play music for the king. He went from being a shepherd to hanging out with royalty in a sense. Then he fights and slays the giant named Goliath. And then that goes into, you know, he becomes a national hero and young women and women are singing praises to him. And he's not just the people that, you know, women are, are enamored with, but, you know, of course, men want to be him, right? And then he marries the king's daughter. He becomes a leader in the military. He's, he's best friends with another warrior, which happens to be the king's son. So he's hanging out with, he goes from a shepherd to being a shepherd, basically, to hanging out with royalty and hanging out with, you know, basically being a step in line to become king one day. And of course, when, you know, all these things come together, of course, when God tells us something and things start to flow and things start to come together, it's a great thing, right? You know, you start to see how things are kind of lining up and how things are, you know, are, as things are lining up, you are getting more and more excited about what God has called you to do. Even if it's something you weren't even necessarily thinking about, but now that God has promised you something or he said something, it's something to look forward to when things start coming together. But then King Saul becomes jealous of David and he starts to try to throw javelins at him to stick him to a wall. He, uh, he tries to kill him. He, he actually ends up fleeing. David actually ends up fleeing, and it then becomes law to kill him on sight. He loses his job. His wife sells him out and then marries someone else. He loses a best friend in battle. He can't be in battle with his best friend. His best friend dies. He's go he goes to a priest, and when King Saul finds out, finds out about that, he kills the priest. And so he then even flees to the city of the Philistines, you know, the people that he just finished being in war with, he ends up fleeing there and finds out being, it finds out when he gets there is not a good idea and has to fake being crazy and drooling and, you know, being seen as a madman to even escape that situation. And here we finally find ourselves in the, in first Samuel 22, uh, where he's actually fleeing to the cave of Adam. And when we look at this, we start thinking about, you know, the, transition the timing right how you can go from basically being a, a a person that's in a castle at one moment a person that's amongst amongst royalty at one moment in the best time of your life to essentially the lowest of lows and so some of us you know even when we start thinking about this year 2020 you know we are you know if you're like me you came into 2020 you know with you know a, a head full of uh, ideas and and things that you want to accomplish and you were you know you pretty much put things aside and purpose things to be a certain way you know even when we start thinking about that time frame around March late March you know you're kind of getting into your groove uh, you probably had you know uh, your, your your New Year's resolutions kind of worked out and started setting up a system to be able to execute on those on those ideas and those things that were coming together. Uh, for some of us, you know, starting a new job, or for some of us starting uh, new uh, uh, endeavors to, you know, you know to, to get those ideas out and the pandemic hits. 
And if you're anything like me, you have, you know, I, I went out and bought uh, journals and I went and bought planners <laughs> and, and I had all this stuff kind of laid out and started working out what I was going to be doing for the remainder of the year, right? Um, got through the first quarter and then we're going into the second quarter and I'm starting to gear up for these things that I'm going to do. And if you're anything like me, you start seeing like even those planners that you, you know, filled out for 2020 and those journals that you started writing in, you know, and once this started happening and I started realizing like after week one or week two, you know, my routine was that was set up that was supposed to execute. I was able to, you know, supposed to set up and execute for certain things to happen a certain way. My routine kind of shifted and now, you know, it started being okay, wake up, eat a bowl of cereal, drink some coffee, get on the laptop, work, help kids with homework or schoolwork, you know, eat lunch, then go off and do something else and then get back to work and then finish the day, watch Netflix, rinse and repeat, right? Those things, and the next thing you know, it's a week passes, two weeks pass. Those plans you had, you know, kind of going out the door. You know, I started seeing tweets, you know, 2020 is going to be a wash. It's cancel 2020. 2020 is, it, it doesn't even count. I'm still seeing tweets like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I started my journal, you know, writing the journal became an afterthought because I thought, you know, why am I going to journalize just, you know, the same old, same old? And not necessarily thinking about what new process that God wants to put in place. Not necessarily thinking about what the new process that, you know, what, what am I taking away from this situation and what should I be shifting or how should I be shifting going forward? And so what we find here is basically these, we're going to go over a couple of, of, of psalms, uh, writings, if you will, journal entries, if you will, that David wrote while he was in this cave like experience in this cave situation and so when we look at here psalms 142 2 and 7 it says i poured out my complaint before him and even before we start thinking about that and even when we start looking into this this kind of reminds me of you know if you know me i'm a huge fan of rocky movies and so and the whole rocky franchise and even transitioning to the creed you know franchise i'm a huge fan of this uh, these these movies, not so much just because of the action that's happening in, you know, the ring, but more so, I'm more so excited about what makes the man, right? And all the things that's happening while he's transitioning through these times in his life uh, or in their lives, you know. And even when you start thinking about the quotes that come from these movies, like, you know, Apollo screams and says, there is no tomorrow. You know, those are some things that, you know, you take to yourself, you be like, yeah, I need to do something today, right? And even when, you know, there's... Uh, some more quotes is like, you know, uh, you want to change things in a big way, then you need to make some big changes. And, and you start thinking about all these power, great writing. So, so, you know, even though great, great writing, you know, it's for a sports movie. But when you start looking at all these things that are being said, it's kind of like, okay, well, I see this transition, how this person is transitioning from in his worst state when he's beaten and he's lost his belt. And, you know, the whole world's looking at him. And all these things that he has to go through in order to raise up and be what he's supposed to be. Who everyone knows he's supposed to be or he's saying that he should be as champ, right? And so kind of like this with, with David, we see him 
here in this situation, and we're looking at this cave-like experience. So even when we start looking at Psalms 142, it says, I poured out my complaint before him, and I showed before him my trouble. Then verse 3 says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, I'm sorry, this is 142, 2 through 7. Just want to make sure you understand the context of what we're reading. So, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knowest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have thy privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand, verse 4, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Verse 5, I cried unto thee, O Lord, said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Verse 6, Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. Thy righteous shall compass me about, compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. And so when we look at this cave-like experience, this is, uh, in essence, this is David in the midst of a situation, right? Where he's understanding, he's coming to grips with everything that's happening and coming to grips with the fact that he's alone. He feels, you know, dejected. He's lost everything. Or so it seems like he's lost everything. He feels like he's in a place where no one can really reach him. And for some of us, you know, even for 2020, we start thinking about, you know, you know, pulling ourselves away. And some of us, you know, we, if you're an introvert, you know, even even if you're an extrovert, this time, these times have, have made you kind of reevaluate some things. I know myself, I can, as an introvert, I can, I can pull away and focus on what I'm doing and be perfectly okay. You know, but then there gets to a time where you start feeling like, okay, I need to reconnect. I feel like I need to be back in the mix. You can only, and even as, you know, as God is showing us that, you know, you can only do so much Netflix. You can only do so much Hulu. You can only do so much, you know, ESPN. I think yesterday or two days ago, I watched like an ESPN, like, cornhole competition. Where it's like, why am I watching two grown men play championship cornhole? But you can only get to a place where you can only watch so much stuff until you get to a point where, okay, now I know I need to turn my my attention to something else. I know I need to turn my attention back to what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I need to turn my attention to what God has called me to. I think for us, for some of us, you know, this is a, 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 a breaking our pattern because, you know, we're so used to, you know, working and then going into, uh, you know, working and, and doing what we're supposed to do doing life as usual, and then getting back to, uh, you know, doing something else, watch television or, you know, play video games or do whatever. And then you get back to doing what you were doing before and you rinse and repeat that cycle. But even in the midst of this, you know, I think there's a breaking, there's a, there's a pattern being broken for a reason. And so when we look at broken patterns, broken patterns are a door 
of possibility, uh, 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 breaking a pattern is a door of possibilities. And so you are, you are understanding that even as that pattern's being broken, there's a new door being broken open or being, sh being opened up for you to be able to see more possibilities. I think for some of us, we're not necessarily, we were so, we were so in tune to what the routine was that now, now that we have to look at other possibilities, we have to figure out what we should be doing with those possibilities. So when we look at here, he's complaining. And that's what we're looking at, you know, in, him, in his complaint, we're saying, okay, he's saying, well, well, who cares? You know, he feels like he's been, he's down and out. He feels like, you know, that, that this is the worst it can be, that, that nothing ever, you know, that, that all of this stuff that was great before is terrible now. And I can tell you as a believer, sometimes we do feel like, you know, some people do, some people believe that, you know, once you come over to this side, then nothing bad's going to happen to you. And that's, you know, that's not true. We understand that, you know, even in understanding that bad things happen to everyone, bad things and in certain degrees, certain things happen to certain people. But we understand that, you know, as you become a believer, you start taking in an understanding that even as things are, these things are happening, I have solace in the fact that I know that God is in control. It's not necessarily that bad things are not going to happen, but knowing that as things happen, that I can go to the one that's in control. I can go to the one that can say, that can bring me out of or bring me through this situation. But even in the midst of that, we have to be honest. And I think that's what we're doing here. As David is going in and he's saying, he's complaining. He's saying, I'm pouring out my complaint. I'm sh I show before him my trouble. And even in going to God and saying, okay, well, God, I know this is the problem. And I know this is what's going on. And I know my feelings about the situation. In doing that, he's able to show that he's, that he's able to communicate to God what he's thinking. And I think that, you know, even when we start looking at David and how David came to be this anointed king, how he came to have that close relationship with God, I believe that that's a, that is a direct result of him being honest with God. If you can be honest, you can be trusted. If you want to, if you know a, 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 if there's a true friend that's going to come to you with honesty, then you know that's a, that that person is coming from if that, that if that person's coming from a genuine place and he's being honest, with, that's the person you can trust. So many people can lie to you. So many people can tell you what you want to hear, but the one that's telling you the truth, that's the one that that the one that's being honest, that's the one that's that's trustworthy. I believe that David was able to rise because of the fact that he was able to be truthful and even in that we understand that he's being in him being truthful he's letting god into the process he's letting god into seeing his mind his his thought process even though god already knows right but also he's able to show god that i'm willing to let you know my complaint and let you know what i'm thinking so either you can fix the situation or you can fix my mind or you can fix my my eyes on what I'm focusing on. And so even when we look at that, that kind of shifts us to Psalms 57. Now, Psalms 57, we're going to read five through, I'm going to read five through 11, okay? So just, just bear with me. This is the context and how 
this is being said. He's finding his praise in the cave, okay? Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared, for, prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst where they are falling themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory, awake, psaltery and heart. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let the glory be above all the earth. Look at all that, this, you know, we're gonna unpack a whole lot there. But look at what, it's happening. He's finding his praise in the cave, in the midst of this situation, in the midst of everything that's going on. Yes, there's a pandemic, and yes, there's there's you know social unrest, and yes, there's you know issues with you know people. You know, some of us have have lost you know loved ones, or some of us have, have gone through financial strain and struggles. Some of us are going through you know you were locked in the house with people that you didn't want to be locked in the house with. Some of us are going through a matter of you know there are times and you know trials and tribulations. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of you being pulled away, in the midst of you being, you know, uh, uh, being, being outside of society, can you find your praise in the midst of that? Can you find your praise in not necessarily, can you find your praise in God? Not because the situation calls for the situation, you know, calls for a praise, but you understand in the midst of this, I'm starting to recognize who God is. Is that reason enough for you not to give God praise? It says, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. So he's looking at like above all the earth, not, not just my situation, even though I'm in this little cave. Even though I'm in this little, in this house, and even though I'm, I know I'm in this apartment, or even though I'm in this, this place where I am right now, let your glory be above all the earth. Let your glory, my praise, I'm praising you because I know your glory is above every situation. This pandemic might be worldwide, but God's glory goes beyond that. It's above the heavens. It extends way beyond his, his, his domain goes way beyond even this earth and goes beyond. It says, verse six, they have prepared a net for my steps. Oh, come on. Some of us felt like we were trapped. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are falling themselves. And he puts a praise at the end, Selah. <laughs> Sometimes we felt like we were stepping into a situation a trap. Sometimes we felt like, you know, we were going into a, 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 a problem where it was already, it was already set up for us to fail. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of us, we know that there was situations where we walked into and we were set up to fail. We are coming into a situation where we weren't able, we weren't supposed to be the victim. But this is where I come to God. I go to God and says, they have digged a pit for me, but in the midst where they, they've fallen in themselves. 
We don't wish ill will on anybody, but we do understand that there are times where those situations call for someone, there's a reckoning. There's a reckoning for people to fall into something that they're trapped that they set up for somebody else, that they fall into for themselves. I praise God. The God understands that he's going to make sure that you are pulled out of that situation. I make sure God, God's going to make sure that he's going to keep you in the midst of that situation. If you're doing the right thing, if you're able to love someone in the midst of it, if you're able to be a, 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 a conduit for, for peace in the midst of stress, strain, irritation, God can do miraculous things in that. Verse seven, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. I think the most powerful part of this whole thing, my heart is fixed. Some of us have wavered in what we thought. Some of us wavered in what we felt and how, you know, with, with this situation, these circumstances, some of us have felt a, a, a place of not just complacency, but also felt a place of lack, there's lack of hope, hopelessness. Some of us have gone into, you know, these couple of months and just feeling that there's like, there's no hope. In the midst of all these things that's happening, yes, it's terrible, yes, things are bad, and yes, things, you know, depending on who you ask, don't know if it's gonna lighten up and get better. But at the same time, where's your heart in the midst of all this? Can you sing and give praise? When the end is not in sight, can you give God praise? When you don't understand, can you give God praise? When you don't know the answer, can you sing and give praise? Verse 8, awake my glory. Wake up my glory. Awake, sultry and harp. I myself will awake early. Come on. We're supposed to... Wake up. Can we, we tell the day to wake up? Can you tell the day to wake up with your praise? Your anticipation for the day to come because you know this is a new day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad. And I'm going to wake up with anticipation. I'm going to wake up knowing that this could be the day, the best day for the, the rest of my life. This can be the beginning of the best. This can be the start of a new day. This can be the start of a new chapter. I'm going to wake up and believe that as God is transitioning me through this, that he's making me better. And that transition, he might be transitioning me just a little bit today and just a little bit tomorrow and just a little bit next week and just a little bit next month. But it starts with me waking up and it starts with me being excited. And I'm going to say, my glory, awake, solitary heart. I'm going to keep singing. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to wake up early with an anticipation. Verse 9, I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. He's in a cave. Does anybody catch this? He said, I will praise thee, O Lord. I am making a declaration. And see, for some of us, we have to make a declaration on what's going to happen in this next chapter. 
After it's all said and done, after we come out of this pandemic, after we come out of the social number, after we come out of you know all these things, what's going to be on your lips? How are people going to know that you're different? How are people going to see your change? When you came into this situation, when, we, when you went into your kid-like experience, you were down and out. But now you can come out of this thing with a praise. Now you can come out of this thing, people are going to be like, yeah, you're going to look like the anointed one. See, see, now people are going to see King as the anointed, the anointed David, the King David that's going to be the person that he's supposed to be, right? But what comes out of this is he has his praise name. He says, I will sing unto thee among the nations. Making a declaration like, no, it's not just going to be just for my, you know, my party that's with me. It's not going to be just with my family. It's not going to just be with my friends. It's not going to just be at my job. It's not going to just be at my church. It's going to be amongst the nations. Mm. Verse 10, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens and thy truth unto the clouds. I'm going to put 11 with it. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let that glory be above all the earth. Again, understanding that my praise goes to the one who knows everything and understands his dominion is above all. Not just my situation, not just my cave, not just my, not just my, my, my cave-like experience, but the one that knows what's happening outside of the cave. The one that knows it's happening outside the city, the one that knows outside the state, the country, the world. So our lives might go through ups and downs, but God still remains, still remains God. And it's important that we put our trust in him. So then it turns us to Psalms 34, 8 through 15. It's crowded in the cave. Psalms 34. Oops. Yeah. We saw in, this is kind of bringing us back to what the end was, right? In the beginning, which was the end, if you're still with me, we're talking about 1 Samuel 22. Don't, you don't have to go there, but uh, we were seeing that when David escaped from the cave, when David escaped from the cave, or when David escaped to the cave, excuse me, he brought, you know, the, the people found him in the cave. And, and all the people that was in distress and all the people that was in debt and all the people that was discontented, they gathered themselves unto him in the cave, and he became a captain over them. And there was about 400 men. So in the midst of this situation where he's going through the trials, tribulations, and understanding, you know, this, this place of, you know, he feels like the world's turned against him. God sends 400 men. <laughs> Just when you want to pull away and be alone, we start, we start realizing that there are other people that are in the worst situations 
or people that are in bad situations themselves. And I think that's more, the powerful thing about this is even in this low place, Psalms 34, David's able to write, you know, if you go to Psalms 34, he's able to, he blows your mind with some of the things that comes from this, this stanza of scriptures alone. Like, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be in my mouth. And, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And, and oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts. All this comes in Psalm 34, in the midst of God, in the midst of David's low place. And in the midst of all these people coming to him, this is what he's able to extend to them to give them hope. Extend to them to show them the way. Extend them to show, to let them know that if you bless God, in the midst of this low place, he can do something with that. These 400 men that he's captain of, this is what he's injecting into them. This is what he's imparting into them. And he's also letting David, God is showing David how to, how to get through this low place. The way to get through this low place is by not focusing on yourself. In the beginning, he was able to complain. In the beginning, he was able to, 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 vet, to vent and, and, and get out how, was, how he was feeling and get out what he was thinking. He was able to do all of that in the beginning. But now, you've got to take your focus off of you. Now you have to take your focus off of you and put it on, on what it's supposed to be about. The reason why, there's a reason why the greatest two commandments, love God, and love his people. Those are the two great commandments. And that's, there's a reason for that because that's what our focus is supposed to be on. As we're talking about, you know, shifting our process and shifting our routine, we have to find a way to shift our routine back to God and to letting him show us what we've been missing out. We've been missing out. We've been going through life. The first three months, for some of us, the first three months wasn't about God. The first three months wasn't about God's people. But what we look here is Psalms 8, uh, Psalms 34 and verse 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. This is what he's imparting into others to instill hope. Next verse. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. And so if you want to be in a place where, and, this, and even when we start looking at this, you know, as we're coming through these times, you want to be in a place where you're in alignment to God. You want to be in a place where, because let's be honest, for some of us, being pulled out of society and being pulled, you know, being pulled out for a little while hasn't been that bad. There's been, you know what? Okay, well, I'm pulled out of society and I'm, you know, I'm not able to go where I want to and do what I do, the things I want to, but I still got Netflix. I still got sports. I still got video games. I still got, you know, those things. I still got, but now, but God wants to show you, yet if, you, if that's what you want, you can have that to endless amounts, but it's not going to get you any closer to who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. But right now, if you can fear the Lord, if you have a fear of like, okay, well, what's going on? 
take your eyes off all these distractions and keep your eyes on God and look to what God is doing or God is allowing. He's showing us something in these times. But there is no want to them that fear him. That means he's going to supply your need. He's going to get you in a place and keep you in a place where you don't have to work. Because you know the person, you know the one, excuse me, that's in control. Next verse. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And even when we're talking about young lions here, he's talking about the people that are around him. You know, he was reading his kind of like, it's like kind of like the simile and that he's using this as a representation as they are, you know, lions. And when we speak about lions, lions are people that are lions are animals that, you know, are very methodical in how they approach their food. I'm very methodical in how they, uh, uh, on how they, you know, pounce on their, their victim to, to survive, right? But even understanding, but they're very, they're, even in that they are very, uh, as they're tactical and even as they are, they're ferocious, right? But he says, you don't have to be all that. They, see, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good Thing. So God's going to supply your need and he's not going to make, he's going to make it so that you don't have to coming out of this situation, coming out of this circle. You don't have to be as methodical. You don't have to be as ferocious. You don't have to be, you thought it, you, you know, your back was against the wall, but your back doesn't have to be against the wall because you're, you're relying on God. Next verse. Come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So going back to what we we're talking about before, he's showing you this is the fear. This, this, is, this is God who we're talking about. I'll teach you this way for you to be better. I'll teach you this way for you. And when we start thinking about the people that are in your lives, what are you teaching them? What are you showing? Are you showing them a reverence of God? Are you showing them a fear? Not necessarily a fear like, okay, to fear God, to fear, you know, and be scared of, but a reverence to who God is in their lives. Are you showing them through your life? Next verse. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? What, what man doesn't, you know, even as we start looking at, you know, what good is life? What good is having long days if there's nothing good about them? What's good that, you know, if you're able to live a long life, but you have, you know, animosity in your heart, you have vile in your heart, you have, you know, you're irritable, you're mad at the world. What, what, is, what is good about that? And some of us, we find, you know, okay, well, we're, <laughs> for some of us, you know, we have a good diet. For some of us, we have an exercise regimen. For some of us, we are, we're eating right. We got the Apple Watch and we're tracking, and we're tracking our, our steps. But you mad. You want to live a long life upset. You want to live a long life of hate. You want to live a long life frustrated. You want to live a long life 
and not have God in the midst. Next verse. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking God. So that's telling us, like, even when we start thinking about not just what we do, but what we say. As believers, what are we saying? What are we doing with what we, with what we are, what's, what's emitting from us? Our character, right? Our heart. Where our heart is, that comes out. In the midst of all this situation. Yeah, in the midst of this cave-like experience, you can't speak evil. In the midst of this cave-like situation, and my wife has to help me because I don't necessarily agree with politics. So <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with 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 what things are said and how people say certain things. But in the midst of the cave-like experience, there should be some perfecting. There should be some cutting away. There should be some things that I'm a little bit better at being able to control my outbursts. I should be a little bit better at being able to be more respectful. I should be a little bit better at not being able to, uh, at being able to, 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 to pray instead of talking. Lord have mercy. Next verse. Get me out of that. <laughs> verse 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace. So look at this. David is in the midst of a situation where he's being thrown into a cave-like experience because he's fleeing. Don't want to be killed. And But coming out of it, knowing that if I seek peace and pursue it, I need to seek peace. I need to be able to be a better person from it. Not, just, not seek revenge. Not seek, you know, getting getting, you know, getting some respect on my name, not seeking, you know, getting, you know, a, uh, uh, putting people in their place. But I need to seek peace and pursue it. In verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. If you're in right standing with God, his ears are open. Some of us have gone through these situations this time. Some of us are not even speaking to God. But all the while, he's looking to you to say something to him that he can give us insight, wisdom, guidance. There's a time for Netflix, and there's a time for Hulu, and there's a time for sports. There's a time for, you know, even as they're talking about, you know, the NBA and opening back up and NFL, I hope it's not a distraction for some of us. Just another distraction to get in the way of what's really supposed to be happening. So as we're talking about, you know, even when we're looking at the end of this sermon series, we're trying to flip things back around. Upside down living, turning things back over, right? Putting things back in perspective. What David was able to do here, he was able to realign himself with God. He was able to be, first and foremost, he was being honest with God and then let God into the process. Then he found his praise in who God was, despite what he was being faced with. And then he put his focus on what's most important, God and God's people. 
So we all believe, as we're looking at this, we all believe that we're all going to come through this thing, right? We just know we're going to be better from this, right? We understand, like, okay, there's, there's some things that are going to happen. And, like, if you're anything like me, I'm a better, you know, I'm more, I'm, I, I, I've read a lot more. I'm more knowledgeable about my craft. <laughs> I've watched a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of Udemy videos. Uh, like I said, done more reading on social constructs and economy and business. Finding, I've done a lot of reading. And that's great. My, I've changed my diet. I'm working out a little bit, just a little bit. Those are good things, all good things, but it doesn't mean anything if that only if you're only transitioning in those natural things. I want the takeaway from not only this sermon series, but a takeaway from everything that's happening. And whether we're talking about, you know, this thing continuing on, for you can look at this, say, okay, from now. This step going this from this moment forward, the takeaway is I need to reshift. I need to shift my focus to being more in alignment to what God has for me. We can do better. We can make this not a waste of time. But we can shift things back so that you are in the realignment with God. Be refined, be sharper. Do life the right way. Amen?